Hey, and welcome back to episode 36 of Free the Geek FM, the podcast about growing software development skills and building a rewarding software development career. In this episode, my friend, we're going to divert from your regularly scheduled program and we're going to talk about my five tips for working from home. As we're software developers, technical writers, all those sorts of wonderful software-related things, especially in this most weird of recent times with COVID-19, I think it's essential to help you out if this is your first time working remotely and as it's likely probably not by choice. Anyway, I'll see you after the intro tunes. Hey, and welcome back for another episode of Free the Geek, the podcast that comes around, I guess, when I am able to put the time in. Anyway, what I want to talk about in this episode is, I'm guessing you guessed it, if you've read the title, well, you already know what I'm going to talk about. But in short, it's working from home because of our good friend, COVID-19. I kind of say, to be fair, good friend with, with all the respect in the world meant. On one hand... I appreciate it has been sensationalized beyond all measure, but on the other hand, it, it's affecting a lot of people in a broad variety of ways, some very, very seriously, and, and some, I guess, down to the level of being frustrated. So anyway, that said, what I want to talk about today is five tips that I have for working from home. Now, the reason I want to share that is as I said at the top of the show, talking about COVID-19, but as so many people, or at least in the feeds that I have on Twitter, news, RSS feeds, and so forth, are working from home. And oftentimes, this is really the first time they're having to do that. Now, occasionally, people will say, you know, they're working from home, like as in one day here and there, maybe one day a week tops. But it's not something that is enforced. It's something that they're given the option of, and they choose to do at I guess their leisure or kind of necessity intermittently brings about. But now as people are being forced to work from home through various degrees of social isolation, it's it's what would you say? It's sort of, it's front and center. Now it's, oh, well, now I actually have to do it. And it's not just, well, if there are a few bugs, it's okay. I can, I can fix it up later. So for that reason, if working from home is new for you and we don't know how long this is going to go on for, if it's something that perhaps is a bit sort of confronting, you're not quite sure what to do, you kind of want to get off to the best of starts, then in this episode, I'm giving my five intro tips from working from home. Now, what qualifies me to do that? Well, unless you, if you don't know my story, I've been a freelance software developer and technical writer for at least the last four years. Over that time, I've largely worked from here in the home office, here in southern Germany, and have gone through, I guess, a lot of the ups and the downs of uh, transitioning and adjusting, having the initial high, having the lows, and then f- sticking through it, and then finding out sort of what really works for me so that I work as optimally as possible. That sounds a little like I'm kind of blowing my own trumpet. Uh, it grates a little on my Australian psyche. But anyway, in addition to that, I've also I also regularly spend time in 
remote working, work from home, home office forums, and have picked up a lot of advice and tips from the people in those forums. So anyway, without further introduction ado, here is tip number one, and I believe it is probably the most important tip, and that is have a dedicated space where you work. Now, the reason for that is it's something that I've heard many times over many years from people who have had businesses based well in their home or an extended part of their home is from a psychological perspective, primarily for yourself, because it's, it's well, for two reasons, it helps you to know where is work. Like in, in a home environment, it's easy for work life and home life to flow into each other. That, that makes it hard for you to know, well, am I at work? Am I not at work? Am I with my wife or spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other, my kids? You know, when does one stop and the other start? And to me, I found that to be very important because if you don't have that sense of, of boundary of cutoff, it can be very hard to know, have I given enough time to each respective part of my life? Like when I've been at work, have I focused enough? When I'm with my wife and kids, have I given them enough time? So it's, it, it makes it a lot easier to make a distinction between home and work. Uh, it also allows you to focus a lot more clearly because once you, once you step into that, that workspace, that work environment, that area that you have dedicated to work, you know that here I am, I'm working. I'm not stuffing about, just watching YouTube videos, endlessly scrolling Facebook and Twitter. I'm here to work. But conversely, when you leave that space, you know that now my workday is over. And when I say leave that space, I mean leave it for the proverbial working day, not just to, to get up to get yourself a tea or a coffee, a glass of water, lunch, late breakfast, and so forth. But it also does help around those times for having a break that it is just a break. It's, it's just a short little time away. So definitely, no matter where you live, whether that's in an inner city flat, which may not have a lot of space, not even a dedicated room, if, for example, you uh, just say have a little corner of your lounge room or your kitchen or your bedroom, in some way, characterize it, set it up so it is distinctly different from the rest of that space or do something to, to section off that area so that you know that this is different. This is not part of the home, like the, the home life as such. Ideally, like myself here, I have a, in the top level of our house, I have a full room dedicated to it and the door generally always stays shut. But in this room here, in the home office, it's clear that this is a working room. There's all my tech gear, there's a whiteboard, there's a calendar up on the wall. It's just really clear this is not homely. I mean, it's friendly, don't get me wrong, it's not weird. But for me, it's clear that this is my workspace. My wife has done the same thing. But that is then distinct from the rest of the house. The next thing I would want to add into that is ideally keep your work in that space. Don't bring it to somewhere else in the house. So yes, I have several laptops, but I generally don't use them in the rest of the house. I'll take them out of the house if I'm going to a coffee, to a coffee shop or a cafe to do work. But it's kind of clear what you're doing, right? You're just moving from one workspace to another workspace or one work environment to another work environment. I don't bring it downstairs and generally tap away downstairs because 
to me, that breaks the principle of separation. Anyway, I'm, I could sort of drag on and on about this, but to, re, to reiterate or to recap, no matter where you live, whether that's in a share house or a, a large house of your own, dedicate a space to be your work environment and make sure it's clear that that is your workspace. And then, to, to finalize on that, have some kind of routine as you approach that workspace kind of go through your head, I'm now entering my work area. With time, it really does, it might sound a bit hokey, but with time, it really does help you to sort of switch from one to the other. And then conversely, as you're walking away from the day, it'd be great if you have a door, as you're pulling the door shut, you can, that can signify to you that your work day is over. Number two, get all the tools that you need. Now, this is different for everybody. But at the core of it, I would suggest the things that you need are good internet connection. And I mean good. Well, it doesn't have to be top of the line, but, but decent. Um, because you're likely going to have uh, video conferencing calls. It could just be audio. You could sort of not necessarily always have video. But you're going to have to have video at some point or other. So don't be sort of cheap on this. Sort of have a decent speed. Uh, but you don't need to go top of the line. Have uh, Make sure you've got the apps that you work with, and this can be different for everybody, like, like um, engineers having AutoCAD, developers having software development environments or awesome text editors, email, browsers with the irrelevant extensions and so forth. Ideally, I guess it's probably a bit late in the game for this. But if you're yet to transition properly, Take the time as soon as possible to make a quick inventory of the apps that you need. I mean, this is assuming that you're, I guess, sort of setting up on a computer of your own or you're getting a new one to take home. Ideally, if you can, take the one from work. Um, make sure you've got your connection and your VPN, I would assume you have. And it's to sort of pick up as quick as possible. I mean, that would be the ideal because you're really not setting up a whole new computer, which would take you... It depends what the software you have is, you know, up anywhere, anywhere from maybe an hour or a couple of hours to a whole day. But get the tools that you need, get them ready to go, get yourself settled, and then test them, and then begin. The next thing I'm going to suggest, or my third tip, is have a regular routine. Now, this is something I picked up from Taylor Rotwell. If you're not familiar with Taylor, he's the founder of Laravel and the, what would you say, the benevolent dictator for life. And I remember listening to him on a podcast and he was saying that he has a regular routine each and every day that he comes in and does the same things when he gets started. Uh, I don't remember whether that sort of applies to the whole day, but the concept is something I like quite a lot. So whatever it is, have a certain routine that you follow. And this is not only what you do, but when you do it. You know, I personally feel that it really helps to have, to work the same hours each and every day, if that's at all possible. Um, if you sort of split that periodically, then kind of make it a seasonal thing. So for example, um, at the moment, I kick off working at about 5 a.m. and I then finish up at about 1 p.m. And then my wife goes to work. And the reason for that is we have two little kids and one of us has to be here to look after them. So that's the routine that I picked because I feel that I worked 
the best in the morning. But before that, I would start work about 9, sorry, 9, 8.30, 8.45 and finish up about 5. And it was the same pretty much each and every day. And then I would also start off in the same way. That would be, I would come in, obviously turn the, the time tracking timer on. I would do work um, for clients in the same order. And then I would sort of look at simple routines such as checking email to catch up on things that have happened since I've uh, since I finished up the day before. Look at outstanding issues on GitHub. Look at outstanding pull requests, and then give attention to those when necessary. And then move on to sort of longer time-based tasks. Um, depending on what you do, this can be almost sort of anything. It's I guess an infinite set of possibilities but whatever it is find a simple routine to get yourself into the day and out of the day and ideally work the same hours every day because it helps you i guess it's sort of somewhat like a circadian rhythm that regularity helps it just work and reduces the the effort and sort of mental involvement that you have to put into it tip number four is talk to those who you live with, whether you live in a share house with uh, one or several people, whether you um, are married or in a de facto relationship, whether you're a single parent with, with your kids, whatever. You know, whatever it is, communicate with the people around you about, you know, this new situation so that they understand what you're potentially going through or likely to go through and what you feel that you need to do it properly. And so that, you know, to, to help them have a better understanding of, of what you need and what they can expect from you. But then also in that, talk to them to hear their perspective as well. Like, it's great that, you know, perhaps, you know, you've been forced to do it and, and you need to get into it. But are they in the same boat? One of the the re- I guess the reason I really say that is that it's a, it's a common gripe, and I've I had it myself for quite some time, of people who work from a home based office, that the people who who don't work from home or the others in the house or the flat or whatnot just don't understand and and do things such as oh, oh have you just got a minute oh just a quick question oh, oh can we just quickly do this and you think. I'm not just sitting on the sofa. I'm not just having a holiday or a, or a day off or you know a rostered day off. I'm working here, and I think the, the the key problem in that, or one of the key problems, is a lack of communication on both sides. One, it's it's a lack of, well, perhaps it's a lack of clear boundaries being set by yourself to those who you live with. It's a lack of educating people who you live with as to how this works, how you approach it, what you believe you need to do and how you need to do it and what you expect of them. But also, you know, working, you know, working with them to help them to help you. This kind of is coming across a little one-sided perhaps. I, I don't mean it that way. But it's just working with those around you so that we can we can set and hopefully meet uh, meaningful and reasonable expectations so that both sides understand what's going on and how it works. And tip number five, take breaks and keep moving. Now, 
I guess it's a little hard perhaps, depending on where you are and whether the state that you live in in the country that you live in or the or countrywide has said there are complete lockdowns and you can't leave the house except for essential services or you know going to a doctor, going to a chemist, um, going to get essential supplies, or whether it's we would you know like schools and kindies and universities and a number of businesses have effectively closed but you can sort of still move freely as long as you keep a certain distance like five to six meters from someone it's essential that you don't lock yourself away sorry introverts i think this is essential keep moving whether that's you say a pomodoro timer and every 25 minutes you just get up you make yourself a cup of tea get a glass of water or just hop up from your computer and move around maybe um sort of alternating with the pomodoro timers to raise the desk and lower the desk actually every 20 25 minutes unless you've got an electro desk that's going to be frustrating so okay maybe every sort of couple of pomodoros you raise the desk or conversely lower it um but to actually making sure you take time out for some exercise in your day whether that's going for a run going for a brisk walk for 40 45 minutes walking around the block riding a bike whatnot but just don't always sort of sit there get up move around and it can be easy, to be fair, as someone who works from home and you don't have people who say, oh, you know, oh, come, let's just grab a coffee or make a cup of tea or for those who smoke, nah, I'm just not encouraging smoking. You know, the various sort of water cooler things that, that happen in your average day, it can be easy to, I guess, just to sort of keep on going and just maybe not even get up from your chair. So I would encourage you to do, to make sure that you do do that. You get up, move around, even if it's doing some stretching. It can be great if you live in a multi-story house because then you can go up and down the stairs. Hopefully you have your office on the top floor and the lounge room or the, the area where most people will be is on the bottom floor. And so you have to actually move, you know, go up and down those stairs to make a cup of tea or a coffee. But just keep moving. Don't let yourself sit still because that can put a lot of pressure on your back. Um, you can put pressure on your hips. That's not good for you over the longer term because the human body is, was, has evolved and over, has evolved over the centuries to have movement as one of the key things that it does and keep it healthy. And it's just generally good for your mental well-being and you don't cut yourself off from people. Actually, I'm going to put in a sixth bonus tip and that is make sure you keep communicating with your colleagues and with friends and family. And to do that, obviously, in a time when we're doing social distancing, is make sure you have an app such as, what are we going to do? We'll think of some apps here. Jitsi, Meet, GoToMeeting, Skype, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, all the communication apps with video, so that's why you need at least a semi-decent internet connection. And just maybe once a day, once every couple of days, at least once a week, get in contact. You may not need to actually have a video chat with one of your colleagues to talk about an issue. Maybe it can be resolved by email, but just don't do it. Just say, let's have a quick video chat um, and talk about it and get these, get it resolved that way. So at least, and then just have a bit of a, maybe for five, 10 minutes, a bit of blah, 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 a bit of water cooler talk so that you just remember that there's still people there and you remember what each look like and you kind of catch up on things and 
you maintain a certain element of social closeness whilst being physically separated. Anyway, they are my five tips with a bonus sixth for getting started working from home. I hope that if this is your first time working from home, ideally, if it's not actually by choice, but it's been mandated and you're not feeling comfortable, that they help you off to a good start. As always, if this is your first time hearing the podcast, I would love to know what you think. And if you could give me a rating and ideally with a decent description in your favorite podcast platform of choice, that would be wonderful. And then I know what you think of the show, where I'm doing well, where I'm not doing so well, and where I can improve for the future. And I will see you in the not too distant future for a follow-up episode. Stay well, stay healthy, and I'll see you next time.